Hey, what's up, y'all? Aaron here. And in this episode of the Brewer and Heinz podcast, Hunter and I talk about the NBA bubble. We talk about the new coaches poll for college football. And then after that discussion, Hunter and I do get into the conversation that's being had around our country and around the world. As far as it relates to sports, the conversation regarding race, Hunter and I acknowledge the fact that this is a very emotional topic for a lot of people, and we do our best to make sure this conversation stays in the world of sports. For instance, we talk about the Gary Patterson situation at TCU, and we talk about the Jonathan Isaac situation in the NBA bubble. Like I said, we do our best to keep it related to sports, and we also wanted to allow those who don't want the two combined to be able to stop listening at the point that that conversation shifts. So after the conversation of the coaches poll, if you decide I don't want my politics and sports on my same plate, Hunter and I completely respect that opinion and you don't have to listen to me on that, obviously. We appreciate everybody that's listening and we felt it was an important conversation to have because we understand that only through true conversation and open-minded thoughts and, and, and being willing to, to hear and listen and internalize someone else's point of view is the only way we're going to start making true progress. And we also wanted to acknowledge the fact that this isn't just a conversation between Hunter and myself. This is also a conversation that we're inviting you, the listener, into. And so... We wanted to make sure we respected the beliefs of everyone who could be listening to this podcast. Uh, so I'm just going to stop rambling. Well, at least for the intro part of it, you get to listen to me ramble a little bit more and uh, Hunter's voice gets sprinkled in a bit, right? So let's get to it. Episode five of the Brewer and Hines podcast. All right, Hunter, you there? You with me? Yes, sir. All right, awesome. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. Uh, we're going to get right into it. We're going to talk about the NBA bubble because that's that's the sports going on right now, and it's uh, it's consuming the airwaves, and I'm loving every bit of it. Um, let's get right into it. I want to talk about what is the biggest surprise thus far for you. Um, I think I know what my answer is, but I want to hear what yours is. Um, I would say the Phoenix Suns. That's my biggest surprise. Um, I don't think – they're going to get that playoff spot. But as of now, which I don't know if they – yes, they haven't lost a game in the bubble yet. And Devin Booker's playing out of his mind, which we already knew what he was. But as a team, they're playing really well and haven't lost. And they're actually only, what, uh, two games behind right now? So we'll see, man. But that's my biggest surprise, just how well they played as a team. Because we knew what Devin Booker was going to be. But we didn't know that the team would come together like they have. Right. Um, personally right now, I think my biggest surprise, um, generally has been the lack of defense played. Um, I figured that this, the good defensive teams like the Clippers and the Bucks would find ways to win games by defense, but really it's just, it hasn't been like that. Um, as far as a single team that surprised, that has surprised me thus far, um, besides the Suns, I, I would have to say um, the Thunder. I wasn't – I've never really been that sold on the Thunder. 
on the entire season, but they keep on winning games. Um, Chris Paul is one of the best point guards of all time. And I always forget that. I think we all forget that at times. Definitely. And he is definitely leading a team that has no business being as good as they are um, to where they're at. Um, there's one, one thing that's actually not really shocking, but stood out to me. How mad are you right now? If you're a Grizzlies fan, how mad are you? If you're a Grizzlies fan, you go into this bubble and you are a few games clear of everyone below you and they allow the bubble to be expanded out to the 13th seeded Pelicans because they wanted Zion to have a chance to make the playoffs. Like, and now Jaron Jackson's hurt and he's, he's, I think he's done for the bubble. So like, I just thought about that today. I'd be so pissed on the Grizzlies. It's like, man, he just screwed us out of a chance to make a playoff appearance. And yeah, they're probably not going to beat the Lakers. It's not about that though. Like playoff experience is huge. I don't know. What do you think? Am I thinking too far into this? I, I, I don't know. What do you think? Um, no, I can definitely see why they would be upset. Um, you know, you just feel like you were in that position. You had a break and they were playing well before this break. And then they, go into this and what they're owing for starting in the bubble. Um, that's rough, man. And, and I, I guess you have to be more upset at just the whole situation in general, maybe not the NBA because I, maybe they are upset, but I don't see a reason why we wouldn't expand it a little bit to give guys chances with it being so tight in that race. But I understand as a Grizzlies fan or if I were a Grizzlies player, I'd be upset, but it really comes down to them playing well and they're owing for and, you got the Suns who are taking full advantage of this restart and five and zero, uh, and yeah, it's just really it's kind of on them though. They can't really blame anybody else but themselves. I guess if you want to blame COVID for it, which we're gonna do with everything, so you know that's a good scapegoat. <laughs> yeah, I guess that that's there for you if you, if you but want it. Also, another point is I think they had one of the toughest schedules in that second half of the season coming up. So while they were in that position, we don't know if they really would have won out and stayed in that position. They could have very well done exactly what they're doing now because I'm pretty sure they had one of the toughest schedules in the second half of the season. What's the deal with defenses? You know, we went back to like a couple of weeks ago when we had our podcast and, and we talked about what we thought would be the most important things in the bubble. I remember I said that particular players are going to be key, guys who can just put the ball in the bucket, which that's kind of been true. Um, but what we're actually seeing is like teams are putting up just bonkers numbers, man. Like every team scoring over a hundred, most teams are scoring at least 110. Um, we, we saw the 76ers and the Spurs, two of the teams that out of all the teams in the league that struggle on offense, but are always good on defense. They, I mean, it was a one thirty two to one thirty. Like yeah, th- this is this is insane. Then the what happened with the the uh, Mavericks and Rockets game was just nuts. So what's going on with defenses right now? Is this just a thing we got to get used to, or? Um, I think it's it's like we talked about last time when you talk about chemistry. With that break, I mean, you get rest and you get time to uh, heal your body back, but you don't necessarily have that constant um, camaraderie all the time. You know, they did have a break before when they weren't doing anything, I don't think. So I think that's a big part of it. I think it'll get better. 
you also have guys who are just working um, offensively a lot, you know, like individually, you know, you're, you're mainly working uh, on offense and your conditioning. So I think some guys are just shooting the lights out of it. Um, and I think it's just more about team defense, not necessarily. Like, I don't think players are just worse defensively. I think it's just team defense overall. So I think it'll get better once we get in the playoffs. Um, I don't think you'll see just random guys going for 50 like TJ Warren. Um, I don't see that happening, but maybe I'm wrong. I just feel like it's mainly just the, the, the chemistry for team defense. Uh, the Clippers, Lakers, and Bucks have all had some questionable games already. Um, is there any concern about those three teams being the best teams in the NBA still? Or do you think there's cause, you know, like I said, is there cause for concern um, that any of these guys just don't have it or, you know, the bubble just isn't the right situation for them? Um, is there any team that stands out to you in a really good way or a really bad way after the first few games? So as far as those three teams, I'm not really worried. Um, I think it's just kind of those teams that are already kind of set in stone have a disadvantage when it comes to teams that are fighting for a spot. So the Clippers and Lakers game one, I mean, that that was what it was. I mean, 103-101, no problem with that. Um, and then, you know, like the Clipper, like D-Book beating the Clippers. I mean, that's just that's just a team that's really has a reason to play, and the Clippers are just – kind of going through the motions a little bit you know they're just trying to feel it out and get ready for the playoffs I think so that's where I don't really discount this uh the the Bucks um the Lakers or the Clippers now a team that I really think looks great is the Celtics I really like how um they're playing so far I know they lost to the Heat the other day who that's another team that I really like right now but um they just man Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown just looks so good. And and I know they did in the regular season, but it's just reiterating the fact that I do think they are a big-time contender. Um, the Heat as well, those are the two teams over there in the East that I really like. And I think the Raptors just get slept on. They're so good defensively. I mean, we talk uh, yeah, about teams I, that are um, not playing well defensively. They haven't really played bad defensively in uh, in the bubble. They've kind of been on par with what they were in the regular season. Um, and then, obviously, like, you talked about the Thunder, man. It's just <laughs> crazy. Like, they led the Lakers the whole game. And most of the time by double digits, you know. And both of those teams don't really have a whole lot to play for necessarily. I know the Thunder are trying to keep their spot. And the Lakers clinched it the night before. So, I wasn't trying to read too much into that game because I know they're kind of come up. It's kind of a hangover, I guess you could say. But the Thunder, man, they're just so solid defensively, man. If that's another team that I think has played well defensively as a team, it's them. It's like they didn't really miss anything. They didn't skip a beat when they came into this, I feel like. I have a little bit of concern for the Lakers. I have the entire time. I just thought that they didn't have enough depth to hang with the good teams in a long series. The Clippers have a very deep bench. The Bucks have a very deep bench. Um, the Rockets could outscore you before they get to their bench. Um, you know, the Jazz are a pretty deep team. They're, you know, the Thunder are, are very good together. I just think that the depth is going to be a big problem for the Lakers and their their ineptitude at the guard position is really going to hurt them. Um, teams like the Trailblazers are really going to give them fits in the, in the playoffs. Um, so I, I've got Bucks and Clippers in the finals. That's who I've got still. Okay. Um, Bucks and Clippers. Yeah. 
I I'm gonna go Clippers Celtics. Um, I still really like the Celtics, but uh, as far as the Lakers, yeah, I don't know, man. It's kind of weird. LeBron hasn't looked all that great in my opinion, which I don't like saying that because after I say that about LeBron, he just dominates. So I'm not trying to hate on him, but like, <laughs> um, what, 16, 20, 22, 19 in his last, in the four games, um, field goal percentage, he's only, only, only been over 50% in one game. And so that wow. kind of is weird to me, uh, 32%, 47, which, okay, that's, you know, that's still really good. 56, then 37. So kind of weird. Um, I, I'm kind of curious what's going on with him. And maybe he's just kind of chilling and, and letting things, you know, go. I'm not sure, but I would just kind of expect him to be – I, I kind of expect him to come out and dominate this, to be honest. So yeah. that's maybe I'm just reading too much into it. I know we do that a lot with LeBron, so – We'll see, but as of now, that's kind of worrying me about – that's the main thing that's worrying me about the Lakers. Okay, so now I want to move on to another sport, um, college football. And I know we talked about this at length last time. We talked about the way-too-early poll. Well, now we have the coaches poll that came out, and I want to hear your opinion on that. Um, I know I have mine, so I kind of want to hear yours first so I can get a different perspective because I know I have a couple issues with it. So, Aaron, what do you think about the uh, preseason coaches poll? And uh, go ahead and go down the list just in case people do not know what th- that this poll came out. Here's how it shakes out. I'll start from 25 and go up. So, 25th rank was Iowa State going up. Virginia Tech, Iowa, Cincinnati, UCF, Utah, North Carolina, Minnesota, uh, USC, Oklahoma State, Michigan, Texas, Texas A&M, Wisconsin, Auburn, 10th was Notre Dame, 9th was Oregon, 8th was Florida, 7, Penn State, 6, OU, 5, LSU, 4, Georgia, 3, Alabama, 2, Ohio State, and number 1 is Clemson. I've already got one pretty striking problem with this. Um, Why in God's green earth is Texas anywhere in the top 20? I I don't (laughs) understand. I don't understand the thought process we have of just praying that Texas is good at football. Like we got to stop overranking these guys. Like they've been back for four years. Like there's nothing like I'm getting really tired of this. Boosting Texas, boosting Texas. It's all in name. Same thing with USC. Guys, stop. There's credible evidence that there's other teams that are way better than those two teams. Like, for instance, why is Minnesota 18? Why is Minnesota 18? They have proven time and time again that they're on the up. Okay, they're on the up. We want Texas and USC to be good, and football's a lot better when Texas and USC is good, but Minnesota is good right now. I don't get that part. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, and I'm usually not too big of a hater of Texas, even though I'm an OU fan, just because I do like when they're good. But it just seems like every year we just rank them high, hoping that they're going to be what we want them to be. And they're not. 
And I just don't understand why we do that with them and we don't do that with other teams. Um, for example, if you want to talk about Minnesota, Minnesota, I don't remember them starting out in the top 25 last year. Maybe they did, and I'm just mistaking, but they really worked themselves up and they had chances to be there at the end of the season because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to see if a team, if we don't feel great about a team, don't put them in the top 25 and they can prove us wrong. Um, Texas 14 just seems really high, and so does USC. Um, I would I like North Carolina's chances better than Texas and USC. So I don't know why they're at 19, and I don't think that's just my opinion in general. I think a lot of people would feel better about Carolina, especially um, Sam Howell had a great year last year, man. Great year. Oh, yeah. Probably a better year than Ellinger, and I like Sam Ellinger. So, um, And that's really the only reason I could see why – people want to put Texas up there is because they have Sam Ellinger, but they just don't have the horses. I mean, I think that what I saw a, uh, my friend sent me a message today because Texas football posted um, Texas DBs or something like that ball is live. And uh, LSU's uh, football Twitter page um, quote tweeted and said, you guys finished 127th out of 130 in pass defense last year. So, I mean, 14 seems crazy when – okay, so I know Oklahoma was ranked higher than that to the next year after. They had a terrible uh, defensive season, but they also had the horses on offense, and Texas really doesn't. So, And uh, USC, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know why they're so high. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about, and I think we both agree on this, is LSU at five. With what, the amount why? they lost, and we why? talked about this last time because they were ranked, they were ranked five, I think, in the uh, yeah, in the they early, were ranked fourth, I think. In uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And before. Georgia, I think, was five, and Oregon was six. Yeah, see, LSU, that I mean, I, I, I don't know why they would be that high with all they lost. I know they just won the national championship, but they they lost so much, man. They you lost, lost everything. So I mean, you lost. This is a team that has that has to remake their entire identity, because your identity was we're going to outscore you with Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, Justin Jefferson. I'm forget a bunch of people. What Jamar Chase, Thaddeus Moss, and see, I think Jamar Chase is the only one back after you just said that. And Jamar Chase is the only one that I know of notoriety that's coming back. Anyone that yeah. he's the only one that's got any returning starts, I believe, as far as like their skill players, and you lost. Joe Brady, who was a huge reason why you were so unstoppable because he just had a system. Like, are you telling me that you can just recreate his system that he just took to the NFL? Like, yeah. we talked about this already. I'm just, I'm blown away by how badly, like, it, it feels like some coaches just, I don't, the one problem I have with the coaches' poll is that you wonder where the bias comes from. Like, you wonder. How does and this is another thing that supports your point. First place votes. Let me tell you where the first place votes went. Thirty-eight went to Clemson, seventeen went to Ohio State, four went to Alabama. There's your top three in order. Georgia's number four. They got zero first place votes. LSU, who was fifth, got six first place votes. And just quickly to explain to, to people that don't know how this thing works. First place vote is worth 25 points and then all the way down in descending order to 25th place being worth one point. And then they combine all the points together 
and they, that's how they come up with this list. So when it comes down to it, I believe it's it doesn't say specifically who the panel of head coaches is. It's chosen by random draw, um, conference by conference plus independence from a pool of coaches who have indicated to the American Football Coaches Association their willingness to participate. So Nick Saban probably isn't in here. Like, but most coaches that you know are voting for this. And I don't understand why we have three SEC teams in the top five. Yeah, I am. Um, and that's mainly because I don't mind Alabama and Georgia where they are. Uh, it's just the LSU thing. Um, I just – I, I kind of mind Georgia too. I, I, I don't mind know. Georgia. I, I, over. I don't mind Georgia in there. I, I do think they're going to be really good. Um, Jamie Newman is going to. I mean, they call him. A lot of people refer to him as Walmart brand Cam Newton, which is funny because it almost sounds like an insult. But like what Cam Newton was being a Walmart brand version of him is still really good. So I like Georgia. They're going to be more dynamic offensively. I really do think they will be. Um, and defensively, I don't ever have an issue with Georgia. Um, and I guess I could say that about LSU, but you lost Jim Thorpe award winner, um, and Grant Delpit. You lost Christian Fulton. You lost Patrick Queen, um, Lawrence, what's his first, I can't remember his first name. He's on the D line. You lose all those guys. And I, there's definitely more there that they lost. Um, and then we talked about offensively. I just don't see why they're there. Now, as far as anybody else in the top 25, Penn State at seven is kind of high, mainly only because they just lost Micah Parsons. So maybe this was done before that. Um, I could see that. And I don't mind him there if they have Micah Parsons. But obviously, last I saw, he's leaving. Um, and then Auburn seems kind of high. But but really, I'm not crazy about anybody else behind Auburn. Um, OSU is about the only one that I think probably should get more respect. But – after last year, I get why they're where they are, and uh, yeah, and they I'm have not... a chance to prove that. But there's, yeah, I mean, Carolina and Minnesota seem too too far back for me, and that's about it. I mean, I I could see them moving up and, and things like that, but I just don't I don't feel good enough about teams behind like Auburn to throw that big of a deal, um, to move somebody up above them. So, um, and I know you talked about Wisconsin, which Aaron's a Wisconsin fan. Them being at 12 seems high for you. But, I mean, really, who would – I don't see anybody that I'd switch out really at this point. I would kind of want to see some football before I change I guess those guys. They're all kind of close to me, I feel like. I guess for Wisconsin, I'm good. I'm okay with it because I can't pick anyone below them to go above them. Exactly. I just don't – I don't think they're the 12th best team in the nation because I kind of wish we did what Oklahoma State did with Spencer Sanders and we did what we did that with Graham Mertz. Now we've got this five-star recruit gunslinging quarterback and we sat him for Cohen, Jack Cohen or whatever his name is. And our offense was so good. We had Jonathan Taylor. Like this was going to be, if you put Graham Mertz in that offense, yeah, Graham Mertz as a true freshman could be rough, but he could also blow up. And we haven't had a great offense a lot. since we had Russell Wilson. So I felt like that was a, a chance he should have taken. And now – his first reps are going to be as a freshman now, probably a redshirt freshman, or maybe not. I have no idea. But he's going to start now and get his quote-unquote freshman snaps. And you don't have a guy like Jonathan Taylor that you can lean on. You know, it, 
I know Wisconsin turns, you know, running backs out like a factory as well as as offensive linemen, but it's hard to believe that you're going to get a guy like Jonathan Taylor again that you can just lean on every single week if your quarterback's not playing well. Because yeah. Jonathan Taylor has played with Jack Cohen and Alex Hornerbrook. Like, <laughs> and, and and he still was threatening to be a Heisman winning player as a running back with that kind of quarterback play. Like, I just I wasn't I don't know I'm not that high on Wisconsin yet because they always have to just they have to prove it to me. But there's always that game at Illinois or something stupid that we lose. So I'm just I'm not gonna get too hype about it yet because I know they're gonna break my heart at something. But <laughs> yeah, that's one more that's thing. Oklahoma, Iowa State. <laughs> Anybody at Iowa State really. Uh, one thing I want to point out, and this is gonna hurt me to say, I think the top three should be Ohio State. Ohio State, um, then Clemson, and then Oklahoma. Because I think Oklahoma bringing so much of their roster back and plugging and playing a big-time talent at quarterback who's better than Jalen Hurts. Um, And they really didn't lose a lot on either end. They're going to be the best team in the Big 12, and I don't see them losing except – potentially against Oklahoma State. And half of that's probably me wishing it into existence. Oklahoma (laughs) has a dominant roster, and it makes my stomach flip to say Ohio State and Oklahoma in the same sentence and giving them both praise. I'm just – I'm torn apart right now. But that truly is how it is. I mean, I don't don't see an SEC team that I would take over Oklahoma – because Alabama is going from their new passing. Are they just going to go back to a rushing team? Like, are they just going to go back to that? Because I don't think that wins anymore. Georgia, I, there's so many variables. I just, I don't know. LSU, we know, we just went over that. Like, there's more questions in the SEC this season, even before Corona, than any other conference, really. You know, so, I don't know. My thought process is, I think, Hopefully, fingers crossed, the season actually goes on. Um, as it stands right now, the games that are going to be played, we're going to see that at Oklahoma is one of the top four teams in the nation for sure, um, unless they trip up. But they've got the talent to be right up there, and I think they should be there to start. But that that's Okay, true. that surprises me. I mean, I I try not to put them up too high just because like, I, I think five's not a bad spot for them. But I think with the potential – um, we're young in some spots, but like the spots we lost this last year, we have some solid replacements for. Um, like we talk about CD Lamb, but the guys we have coming in were all like one of the best recruiting classes as far as receivers and uh, tight ends that we've had. So I'm not too worried about that as far as like I think they're going to step up in the potential we have there. Um, Kenneth Murray losing him, that's a big loss, but to be honest, what he was doing last year was just really – I think Deshaun White was making a lot of the calls at linebacker, and he was just free to play. And I think we have athleticism at that position. Now, what sucks is um, Caleb Kelly did suffer another uh, knee injury. So I don't think he's going to play this season. So that's tough. But I just – I mean, we returned a lot, like you said, and we're young, but I think we have the potential. So – when I look at these other teams, I would just go with them ahead of us just because I don't know what's going to happen until we start playing football. But 
I could see why somebody would look at our roster and be like, I think potentially they'll be better than a Georgia or an Alabama. Now, I know Alabama returns, what, Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith, but they also mm-hmm. lose a Heisman-caliber quarterback, and we don't know. Bryce Young's probably going to be the guy. But, I mean, we don't know what he's going to be. We haven't seen anything from him, at least a little bit with Spitzer Rattler. We have seen him play some, and uh, and we kind of know a little bit more. And we didn't, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a problem where we're at, but I can see why you put him up there. Thanks for listening to the Brewer and Hines podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe. If you didn't like what you heard, subscribe. If you don't know how you feel, subscribe. All right, we need as many subscriptions as possible to start getting some more people to listen to this joint. So we need y'all to just take a second and click that button. Also, if you have a chance to leave a review in your chosen app to listen to us today, please leave a review, even if it's one star. Heck, they let you do zero stars. I don't care. Just submit a few reviews, man. Tell your friends about this. Also, even if you think we're just hot garbage at podcasts, you and your friends can have a little laugh. We can get our listens. Everybody's happy. All right. But honestly, man, thank you guys for listening to us. Hopefully you rock with us and keep going. Thanks for listening again to the Brewer and Hines podcast. Thank you.